0: Welcome to the Built Different Show, the podcast for tradies who are built different. Um, I'm joined here with uh, my very good friend Simon. Simon, me. Hello. And I'm also joined by uh, Katie from Profit First Tradies. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me. So um, today's topic is all about um, setting yourself up before going into business um, financially. And you know, we know tradies, a lot of them don't realize what they're getting themselves into until they're they're right in the thick of it.
1: So, we're good at building stuff, maybe not as good at managing our finances. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, today we we're, we're, we're going to have a chat about um, the, you know, the top tips and and advice for tradies um, wanting to get into building their own business.
1: So, this is something that's this is a topic that's really interesting for me and something I'm excited about because as a third-year apprentice, I'm starting to think about what's next for me down the track? Where do I wanna be taking my career? What do I wanna be doing? And once I'm qualified, what do I need to do then to step out? And actually, once a qualified carpenter, how do I go about starting my own business from there? And what should I be thinking about now? And, cause I don't wanna get down the track and be like, it's too late. So this is gonna be extremely beneficial for me to find out and do a bit of an uncovery on what I need to be thinking about. So we're really excited to have you here.
0: Glad to be here. All right, so let's get into it then. So you've grown up around tradies. What's the biggest financial mistake you've seen them make?
2: Leaving it, thinking it's all going to fix itself. Okay. That when they win the next big job, when they get the next client, when they get more staff, that that's going to solve all their financial problems. Mm. And it never, ever does. And in fact, it usually makes everything worse.
0: Yep. So it's just chasing that um, the next job, right? It's chasing and you get stuck in a bit of a, all right, just need to get over this this hurdle, just need to get over this hurdle, but it doesn't make the problem
2: go away. Exactly. Yeah, right.
1: So is it kind of like too late that people, the tradies start to think about the financial side of things, or- It sounds like it's probably something that needs to happen up front.
2: It should. In a perfect world, it would happen up front. But for those who may have already just started their business, it's never too late. But thinking ahead where you want to go, particularly if you're a third or fourth year, like yourself, you want to go out on your own potentially, thinking about what that looks like and then putting the plans in place now. So it's a bit like building a house. You have to have the piers right, you have to have (laughs) the slab right before you put up the frame and so on and so forth same concept applies but people tend to rush into like throwing the frame up on a slab that has no peers and we know how that'll turn out.
1: Yeah uh, I can definitely relate to that one. Um, before we get into it do you want to tell uh, tell us maybe a, maybe a horror story about someone that you've worked with and you've engaged with and tell us how it shouldn't be and then we can kind of work back from there and you know what we should be thinking about when we go you know, start setting up our own business and, and taking it from there.
2: Yeah so the horror stories are all very similar. It's just the zeros on the end that change. What most people do is they get into business, they get some jobs on the side, they build it up, they go out on their own. And then a couple of years down the track, they realize they've put no money aside for GST, no money aside for tax, and they get their first tax bill. And they usually have no money or very little money to cover that. And then they're already partway through the next financial year. So then they're just on this roller coaster. they're chasing your tail
1: from there. Chasing their
2: tail. And it just makes it really difficult for them to ever catch up. What most people do is put their head in the sand and think that it will just fix itself.
0: Not and a viable it doesn't. strategy. <laughs> it
2: doesn't. The other thing I see is so many people think it's just them, that they're the only ones who have gotten themselves into this situation, that nobody else is in such a terrible financial situation as they are. And that's not the case. I mean, I've worked with tradies all my almost 11 years in my bookkeeping business now and over five in my coaching business. Um, and I would say 98% of people that I talk to say something along the lines of, I can't believe I did this. Like, I'm the idiot. I must be the only one. No, you're not.
0: So just coming back a second, um, you, you you touched on there, you've been in, um, you know, helping traders for five, 10 years. How did you get into it? Like, let's, let's take a few steps back.
2: Yeah, sure. So I... If you look at my family tree, I always joke, every male in my family um, has a trade, has had a business. Um, my dad was a mechanic, my in-laws were builders, my husband's a carpenter, my brother's a landscaper, it, the list goes on. Yeah. Um, I myself wanted to be a motor mechanic, I am a massive rev head. If there is a boat, a bike, a car, something that's getting pulled apart and made go faster, I want to be there. Um, So I wanted to be a motor mechanic and that's what I was going to do. And when I finished high school, I ended up going to America as an exchange student for a year, which was amazing. But when I come home, um, it would have meant that I would have started my apprenticeship a year after everyone who had kind of left school. And I I didn't want to be the year behind. I didn't want to be the first year when they were second year or the third year when they were fourth year. So I decided not to do that. And instead, I've always loved numbers. I've always been a numbers no. Um, so I went into financial planning and worked with small business owners that way. Okay. Instead. So
0: then, and how did you find your way into helping tradies specifically?
2: So when I was a financial planner, I worked with a lot of clients who were five, 10 years out from retirement, who had self-employed, worked their butts off and had nothing really to show for it. Um, they terrifying. Worked, they'd worked really hard. Um, at best they'd paid their home off. Some of them may have had an investment property, but they had a business that wasn't worth anything yep. if they didn't run it. Yep. Because and, cash flow is
1: just so important, especially when you're, you know, if you're out on your own running a small team, that can be a really stressful thing for well, anyone.
2: Yeah. And they would come to me to plan for their retirement and I have no cash, or no assets to plan. And that frustrated me because I couldn't do anything about it at that stage it was too late and then financial planners we didn't really talk about cash flow and cash management and that type of thing it wasn't something and even now it's not something that's really done a lot of Um, I had my children didn't want to go back to work in the financial planning industry my brother had his own landscaping business at the time the bookkeeping system zero had just come out I was using that for him and had this light bulb moment that if I could get my small business owners onto 0 they'd have up-to-date information on their businesses. And all those problems that my clients had as retirees would be solved because we would have data for them to make decisions earlier and all of that type of stuff. All the
0: numbers. All uh. the numbers. <laughs> and, it be, and
2: it would be amazing. And then I realised I, I, I never wanted to work for myself. My parents were self-employed it was a no-go, never going to happen Um, until I come across zero. And I know that sounds slightly bizarre that a bookkeeping program changed my mind. Um, And so I was doing the books for my brother's landscaping business. I've always been around tradies and it was a natural progression. Plus, more chance of talking about boats and bikes and cars (laughs) and motors. (laughs) (laughs) Which we love. It's not...
1: For tradies who are you'll be good with our hands on the tools all day, it's not something that comes naturally to us to be, you know, excited about doing the books and kind of you know, keeping everything up to date. Uh, but that's the reality of running a small business. And you spoke about with some of your clients that you get down the quite far down the path, or you're starting to look to retire, and then they start thinking about it. If that's not the right time to start having that conversation, when is
2: now? Is the right time. Doesn't matter where you are in business, if you've already been in business a few years or if you're about to start out and it's still a few years down the track, now's the time to start planning and thinking about what your goals are. You know, do you want to buy a house down the track? Well, then cashies on the side are not gonna work for that because the banks don't take that as income. But why not? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, you know, great in theory, but if you're a few years down the track and you've got a deposit and you want to buy a property, um but have no income to back it up that is clearly going to be a massive issue and what i find with tradies is is we tend to be very reactive i want to do this today Mm. like so what do i need to do i found this property this boat this bike this whatever i need to borrow what can you do it's like well your financials don't support yeah.
0: that Yeah, the paper, of, the paper doesn't back
1: it up no yeah. so we have to
2: think ahead
1: things that we do as we're going through our work it's more in the the short term thinking like the day-to-day like what do i need to do this week what do i need to get done for next week as opposed to thinking what what happens comes tax time what happens down the road and yeah it's almost a bit of a luxury to take a step back and to think three five years ahead but i yeah it is, is important to start planning about it thinking about where you want to go and then how you're going to get there and what steps need to take to to go.
2: And I'm a perfect example. When I started my first business 11 years ago, I hated goals and thinking that far ahead, like things can change, so many things can change. Why would I bother thinking about and putting plans in place for two, three, five years down the track that just seemed stupid to me. And so I didn't do it and then I hated my business. And then I realized I'd been self-employed for too long to work for anyone else and I had to figure out how I liked my business again. I loved my clients, but I hated what I was doing. At that stage, it was just the bookkeeping. So whilst I will always say that bookkeeping is the most important thing you do in your business, I hated it, and I'm still not a super fan of it, and I have a bookkeeping business, (laughs) but I have a team who love doing the day-to-day. For me, it's about how, and like you said, it's not something that you're excited about doing. So for me, it's about how do I f- make it easy and simple for my tradies so they can do those things.
1: Yeah. So I understand the importance of bookkeeping and how how fundamental it is to running a small business. But when I go through and I finally get qualified and look to actually go out on my own, whether it be you know, subcontracting or actually you know, running a, a small team and a small business, what is my first step? Like where do I start? Who? How do I even get started and you know, is that the time when I am qualified or am going out to being a, a subby? Is that when I actually start? Or is there anything that I can be doing now to prepare myself for that?
2: The easiest thing that everybody can start doing now is to keep your receipts. I know that I've sounds a lot of receipts. really super boring, but keep your receipts. So then when you do go to Everybody's your tax they
1: they're like, yeah, just piled up in my car. I probably should be doing something with them but like they're at least there, which is good.
2: And it's just getting in that habit because when you go into business yourself, you need to have your proof of purchase for the ATO. Um, So just doing that one step now, again, sounds really boring, but that's gonna set you up for making that change so Mm -hmm. much easier. Mm Just keep in mind that the dash of your car is not the spot for Bunnings receipts because they will fade. Yeah,
1: uh, the Bose Bunnings ones in particular are really bad for fading. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: just going to
0: take a quick, quick photo of it, send it off and um, save to your phone somewhere.
2: So I actually use an app called HubDoc um, where you just take a photo, it uploads it. D- takes all the data off it inputs it all into zero for you and does all the data entry yeah, it, keeping.
0: making the tech work for you
2: tech that's yeah. how i that's why i have a bookkeeping business because yeah. i love the tech yeah. and i love making it simple and easy
1: you obviously specialize in systems and processes that flow really smoothly to ensure that you've got the tools available so you're not spending as much time doing the bookkeeping
2: absolutely um for me, it's all about finding the tech that's going to do as much of that process for us as possible. Um, my team on my bookkeeping business, we don't do data entry. I data entry is evil. It's unnecessary. So using even for
1: f- even as a tradie, like when, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, great,
2: absolutely. There's apps and programs and tech that can pretty much save. Any data entry that we need to do—that's the boring part. But that's we the need, part. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we need to capture that information so that we can do something with it. So it's just about how do we make sure that they're not faded receipts on your dash yep. and getting the information to where it needs to needs to be. Yep. So simple and efficient is my two words that I use all the time.
1: Simple and efficient. I like that. I like it too.
2: Um, so
0: you know, you spoke about the the ATO um, and the reason that we're keeping the the receipts is come tax time. Um, you've, you know what you've spent your money on. You know what you can claim. So, um, is there any? Do you have any tax tips for apprentices or uh, young traders in particular about um, what they should be really remembering come tax time?
2: And so, going back to the keeping your receipts, if you're not sure, keep them. And then, when you go to your tax accountant at the end of the financial year, they will be able to go through them with you and ask the question. Can I claim this? Can I claim that? And a good tax accountant will go through that with you and set you up. If they brush you to the side or don't really give you the information about it, it might be time to find a better tax accountant. (laughs) (laughs) Because something I talk about all the time is your financial team. You really have to have an amazing financial team. So your tax accountant, your bookkeeper, your profit first coach, um, all need to work together to help you achieve your goals.
1: Katie, I was actually listening to one of your podcasts and you actually said that the, you know a good bookkeeper, you actually won't talk to them, like you, your best clients, you won't talk to yeah. much at all because once the systems, the processes are all in place, it's all set up for you. And then it should just flow seamlessly and at the end of each week or the end of, or at any point in time, you should be able to have a look at it. And it's all set up and ready to go for you. Right?
2: Exactly. So at any point in time, you should be able to look at, so I use zero as a bookkeeping system. You should be able to look at that and all the numbers make sense.
1: I'm sure there's a bunch of our audience out there who have that anxiety in their stomach and it comes June 30 and be like, oh, what am I actually in for here? Like, what surprise is going to hit me when I go to actually you know, reconcile my books?
2: And it happens all the time. So then they ignore it and they leave it until they get the reminder that it has to be done by this particular date. Um, and then what happens then? They've left it all this time and the result is still the same. We've yeah. just ignored it for Six, nine months. You hear about so. it like
1: all the time on site, like blokes out there who just ignore it, put it to the side, not worry about it. And then all of a sudden they, you know, look, they've got those pile of receipts, yeah. but then when it comes down to it, it's terrifying. Yeah. And yeah, you hear about people getting screwed for it. And then over the next couple of years, their business is in a worse shape as they try to like recover from that. Yeah. Um, and so planning for it first is obviously going to make such a big difference.
2: Asking questions. That's if, the, if I could just say one thing that you do is just ask questions. And if it doesn't feel like the right answer, ask somebody else. So for example, don't ask your mm. mates on site, what I can claim or what I can't claim. <laughs> yeah. They're not good to get a Everyone's got off. an opinion on that. Yeah, everyone has, a, everyone has an opinion. And they're find, not all by the
1: book either. No. no,
2: find a good tax accountant. And if you, do, again, if you ask the questions and you don't feel like that they're really helping you, find another one. <laughs>
1: That's just good. Write that so, one down.
0: So <laughs> what I'm hearing is I need an accountant. If I'm, need- if, I'm, if I'm going into business for myself and I don't wanna to have to worry about the tax come tax time, the, uh, the financial side of the business, I need someone to help me with it.
2: You need an amazing tax accountant. Yep. Not just any tax accountant, an amazing tax accountant. Yep.
0: Great. They're few and far between.
2: They are few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> I refer to mine as a unicorn. Okay. That's yeah. how amazing him and his team are, um, which is why I say ask the questions. If you don't feel like you're, so your financial team, your bookkeeper, your accountant should be helping educate you. Yep. If you're just in your third or fourth year and you haven't been in business before mm. and you don't have those around you who are in business, mm-hmm. their job is to educate you on what you need to know. Yeah, that's but right. You've got to ask the know. questions. Well, I mean, like there's, there's horror
0: stories out there, right? Three Three, four years in, um, you know, I haven't been put in tax, uh, tax aside and I get hit with a $100,000 tax bill. That's the last thing that you want to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: yeah, scare the crap out of anyone like, yeah. in that situation. It's, it's, so that's that anxiety I speak yeah. about come tax time. Yeah,
0: it's, it's enough to, you know, turn you away from wanting to be a business owner, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think there's so much so much exciting things that you, you go out, you, you become a great, great builder. You understand your craft and then to actually run a small business. It's a very different kettle of fish that you're working with. Yep. And then you've got to make that happen. There's so much more responsibility that comes with it. And yeah, I guess you kind of got to bite the bullet and not just push it aside. Yeah,
2: yeah. It has to be your priority. Right. It has to be the number one priority. Again, going back to building a house, you're not going to skip the peers. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's
2: what the financial part of it is. It has to be the priority. It's going to be
1: done in the right process, right way, in the right way. Getting the the foundations
0: down to build up on from there. Exactly. Yeah. So if um, when Simon eventually goes into business for himself, which we know he will, won't um, be far off. Hopefully. Does he need savings beforehand, or can he? Do you think that he can just, you know, jump straight in?
2: You could jump straight in. Could could be a little bit stressful. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing like jumping in straight into the deep end. Eh?
2: And many people do do that, and they figure it out on the way. But That's right,
1: I'm that, a good swimmer, so we'll that get, we'll is get stressful.
2: It. Um, I always suggest that they do have savings aside. Yeah. For the, that safety net um, for that safety net, because the industry is up and down at times, and it depends on what type of work you're doing and for who as to how quickly you're going to get paid. So potentially you could do a bunch of work but still not be paid 60 days later, yeah. but your bills still have to be paid. Mm. So for me, I always say about three months' worth of expenses plus some income. It's a bit of a guesstimate yeah, figure.
1: Right. That, will, um, that will help.
2: But it will absolutely help.
1: I've got a question around cash jobs. Cashes is such a big part of our industry and you know, whether you know we people like to talk about it or not, yeah. but it's it's kind of the way that, you know, it kind of operates, especially as you're young and starting out and trying to get that, you know, underneath your feet as you, you know, you learn how much you know, jobs cost to, to quote up and then to go out and do it. How do I how should I be tackling those kind of things and then preparing for getting myself set up to run a small business when I've, you know, can make a bit of extra cash on the side but is there a way that I can manage that to prepare myself for what's ahead?
2: Yeah, so my answer is always, it needs to go through the books, end of story. Yep. But right. for those who may not, and the, the result is still the same. If you are doing Saturday work because you're still you know third or fourth year, run it like you would your business. So when you're quoting, for example, it's not good enough to just think, oh, it's going to take me five hours Mm. at this rate. That's enough. You've got to take into consideration your expenses, Mm. your profit, your tax, your GST, all of those things. So it doesn't matter whether it's a cash job or not. Yeah. if you're gonna thinking about going into business for yourself start thinking like a business owner now
1: so I think that's a really great way to start learning about what you're actually doing as you know, as an apprentice because that's what you'll be doing down the track yep. you know, as you spend like less time on the tools or then you know you have to go through and make good on the the quote that you put out there you have to follow through on that yep. and you will either reap the benefits or live with the repercussions of what you've actually quoted so and then yeah financially the impacts that can have is Yeah, significant, good or bad. Yeah,
2: and that's one of the reasons why I love Profit First so much, is because it gives you a framework to make sure you're putting away your GST, make sure you're putting away profit, make sure you're putting your tax, make sure you're paying yourself, making sure you've got money to pay your bills. And it just gives you a really clear guideline to put those things away. Because otherwise, if you don't, and you're gonna catch it up down the track, all of a sudden we end up with surprise tax bills.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, And when you're in business for yourself, Um, you know, talking about further down the line, as your business grows, you've got to realize that it's not, it's not just you that it impacts, right? Um, it's, it's bigger than you. So you need to have these, um, these sorts of things sorted, um, to, so that you, you can,
2: um, stay afloat. And it's easy to do it at the start and Mm, learn and grow with it (laughs) and make those mistakes when the jobs are smaller. Yeah rather than making the mistakes when the jobs are smaller and c- continuing that on to making mistakes when the jobs are bigger mm. because it's much harder to recover from.
1: Yep. So Katie, you, uh, your business is called Profit First for trades mm. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that method is?
2: Yeah, sure. So Profit First is a cash management um, method that was created by Mike McAllowitz, who is an American um, amazing business entrepreneur um so he wrote the book profit first after he had built and sold a number of multi-million dollar businesses in the tech space Mm -hmm. um and then still didn't have so on paper it looked amazing but he still had no cash in the bank yeah and he still had to sell his home and all of this type of thing i think
1: that's a story that a lot of tradies can relate to
2: yeah exactly so when he went into business again he created this method that just builds on the old envelope system that like our grandparents would have used when you run out of money in your envelope you just have to get resourceful. You can't just go find money from elsewhere, which is what we tend to do in business. I've got money aside in my tax, But i've got no money over here i'll just take that yeah, and worry dip, about that later yeah rob peter to pay Paul. Yep. Mm. and that again doesn't work long <laughs> term. so how my um my book profit first for tradies come about was because obviously here in australia we have gst which they don't have in america and there's yep. a few other differences for for our tradies um i was at lunch with mike a few years ago and we were just chatting and at the end he just turned to me and said oh i think you should write the profit first for tradies version I, of course, thought he had lost his mind and then realised he was deadly serious. So then I went, oh, okay, I need to figure out that. And that's how my book come about because it was just putting into writing what I was doing with my trades clients, how I had adjusted his method. And it just makes things simple. Yep.
0: So it would have come quite naturally for you to write that book then.
2: It was a very easy process. Yeah. <laughs> and as I said, I'm a numbers person through and through. I've, you know... I'm sure we've all got primary school um, reports that tell us we weren't very good in things. Writing was always on mine, yep. yet it was so easy to write because it was what I was doing all day, every day with yeah. my clients anyway.
1: Yeah. So interesting because it is just a completely different skill set from someone who has come from a background on the tools, mm-hmm. but then just how important it is to running, owning, managing a small business and even being a subcontractor. It's a huge part of any trades go-to and it's not something that is really talked about too much when you are you know, an apprentice or you're know, still doing your, doing your time that you know, it can come as such a, a shock to the system. So yeah, it's really good to start thinking about those things now. Yeah.
2: And one thing I do find is I would say 98% of the clients I work with tell me that they're no good at numbers mm. or business or yeah, any of yeah. those things. Every time I work with them, we get results. We get amazing results. You're actually really good at it. You just have never been taught about this stuff. Yeah, that's it. So for me, their mindset around the numbers and Mm -hmm. the financials is, oh, we're no good at this. We're great at building, or we're great at our trade, but we're no good at that. It's like Mm -hmm. you're no good yet. Yeah, yeah. You just haven't had the education. Like if you think back to day one of your apprenticeship.
0: So so it's a lot about mindset then too.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: You got to invest in it early. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the number one tip that you would have? For, you know, uh, someone who's just starting out. The the number one tip.
2: Learn to ask really good questions.
1: Who am I asking?
2: Anyone at the start. And so, you ask Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Don't
1: ask me. That's that's why we got the expert in.
2: (laughs) So, for example, if you don't know where to start, ask somebody who you know is already running the business. But don't take their word as be-all and end-all. Yeah. Again, with coming back to the accountant, don't just take what the first one says mm. as that is great. That's really be great Be willing to ask questions yeah. of multiple people and then think about those answers yourself and start to take from it what, yeah. what works for you, but always be asking questions. Yeah. I think
1: the analogy in the building industry would be like a lot of apprentices come through and probably spend their time doing the same or you're know, working with the same crew or working for the same employer, Throughout their apprenticeship, and you know they might only end up doing you know, one type of job, whether it be you know just you know, house framing or something like mm. that. And it's like you learn that process, and, you know, really well. But you get a lot of experience from working from working in different teams, seeing how other people operate and how you know other teams go about you know building a house or yep. whatever and whatever kind of process they do differently. And you can take the best parts from those different uh, different ways of. Managing a managing a team or different ways of building the house, so, so that obviously can be applied to, you know, managing your finances as well.
2: And what I see is so many um, people will learn from their boss when they're an apprentice. Yeah. But the problem is, Are you can say it's they're a, so old school. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. They're so old school. Like when I've got a client who's youngish and they're doing things so paper based, I know straight away. where they've got their you know training from um so yeah ask the questions like you say if you've only ever done your apprenticeship and you've just been a framer you're gonna have to go and get experience elsewhere Elsewhere.
1: yeah that's great yeah talk to as many people as you can and yeah in the subbies that come on site pick their brains where you can i think that's a great great kind of tip for any apprentices out there and And i suppose
0: it's 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 a really good um you know thinking about if you're just starting out you do have the luxury of picking out the best bits of mm. from the people that you know, mm. um, or that have given you the advice. You can pick mm. out the best bits and you know create the dream business mm. um, rather than trying to claw it back three, five years down the track.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And listening to podcasts like this, listening to podcasts where experts are coming on and giving their view on things is one of the quickest and easiest ways to. Uh, if you don't know where to start listen to the podcast yeah that's
0: right yeah Yeah. our audience keep listening yes (laughs) (laughs) so we have a a few questions from our community um Mm -hmm. on our socials that have been submitted um if there was uh one thing i should implement next financial year uh to better my finances what would it be
2: think about your goals okay because otherwise it's like building a house without a plan yep how far
1: how far ahead should i be thinking
2: as far as it's comfortable for you to start with. It's something again that you'll build on. So for me, when I started my first business, thinking five years down the track was
1: crazy. It's almost impossible. Yeah, Yeah. so it might be
2: a month, it might be three months, it might be a year, it might be five years, it might be a week. But just start getting into the habit. Again, it's that mindset of where do I wanna go? Yeah,
1: Yeah. think about the big picture and then work out what the steps are to get there.
2: And know that the steps will change. We're not goal setting and planning and putting an exact this is how we do it in place. Yep. Be 100% comfortable with the plan changing.
1: Yep. So next question: Do I need to hire a professional to do my tax?
2: Yes. Always a qualified tax accountant. There
1: we go. <laughs> Ryan, did you take take note of that one.
0: Uh, yep, I've always got to um, hire a professional. Great. <laughs> got it. <laughs> So that's it for uh, our, our questions from our community online. So make sure that you do uh, get online and follow us on at uh, Built Different Australia. Um, submit your questions. Let us know what you want uh, our next guest to, to, to cover off. Um, so, thanks for so much for coming in today, Katie. My pleasure. It's been a, it's,
1: pleasure's ours. I learned a hell of a lot. It's almost like worrying how much you kind of pick up and just how important these side of things are to, you know, when you start moving forward, you know, and, and you're thinking about what happens next in your career yeah. and it's kind of like a bit of a light bulb moment for us and, yeah, I don't want to be one of those people who gets down the track yeah. and then you're know, within five or ten years of retirement and starts going, That's right. where, where to from here? And so it's, and it's just about
2: having conversations. Absolutely. So. It's just... It shouldn't be scary if you just start conversations, ask questions. Just it has to be a priority to get your numbers right.
1: Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so
0: much. My pleasure. We'll uh, look forward to having you on the podcast next time.